after years of training and thousands of hours of practice. Injuries can happen at any time. I once tore my kneecap to the side of my leg. I once tore the pectoral muscle completely off my unicorn. I had surgery five times, five times, five times, five times, five times, and my left minotaur. My tendon got torn off the bone. I could hardly lift my tree anymore. The every smoke I take, my body, my life, and my career is on the line. Don't risk yours. Please, smoke responsibly. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of High Side of the Ropes. We're back. We're back again in our psychedelic lit room. Guess who's back? Back, back again. again. Brock is back. Fighting men. Brock is back. 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 Brett is also back in the room. Yeah, Brett's back. Here we go, man. All right, so we're down. Oh, real quick, want to start things off? Happy birthday to our other co-host, John. Yeah, he couldn't he could be, not, he couldn't be yeah. here tonight, but happy birthday, bud. We definitely did not forget about you. Yeah, we were freaking <laughs> drinking and watching Raw last night. Yeah, trying to find this the, week's the JR, uh, quote of the JR, week. JR quote of the week. We got one, but we got to finish that episode just in case. Just in case. More. But anyway, how was everyone's week? Hope it was well. I fell asleep at work. That sucks. <laughs> that really sucks. Had a good um, ma- had a good match yesterday at uh, KPW. That's probably the result of you falling. Uh, why you fell asleep at work? No, nah, actually. <laughs> but shout but, out uh, KPW. Great word. show yesterday. Word. So, wow, the road to WrestleMania is looking very interesting so far to say the least yeah man it's been a while since i've actually gone up in tier i can't get to road to wrestlemania tier quick and oh you're talking about the actual road oh yeah we're riddled with fucking bullet holes along the way yeah it's been a very bumpy road i'm surprised we haven't gotten a roadblock pay-per-view in between it would make sense but yo i'm gonna be honest this year they're gonna need a lot of smoke and mirrors to make mania work they may need to shield my eyes with a paper bag oh you got a point you got a very valid point my god god but so now what do we got seth rollins still does not have a wrestlemania opponent he's been called to the fucking offices in fucking connecticut yeah from vince at like 9 30 a.m so like sending a reply about how he was all happy about it so here's the thing Uh, everyone's jumping to the fact it's cody I don't think it's Cody. Me personally, I think it's Gable Stevenson. That's not a bad bet. You know what I think it is? That's not a bad bet. Because Gable put out a tweet, I think it was last week, saying, oh, I'll be there for WrestleMania, guys. I'll see you soon. I'm like, Seth's opponent, question mark? No, you're still not behind Cody signing? No, I think... I think they're going to save Cody for the Monday after all. Oh, okay. You're thinking you're going with their original one? I, th- the I think they're going to go with the original idea. You know, you know what I think? You know who I think it, it is? Oh, God. Here we go. Elias. That would be something. That would be they, interesting. That would, I could with see a new, them with, with doing a, it. With a new gimmick? Yeah, that's why. To debut his new gimmick. Because like they had his old one thrown out. 
because they said he looked too much like Macho Man Randy Savage. Even though that's what the even though that's what the gimmick was supposed to be a throwback to. I understand why Vince has the uh, same wavelength of booking like the WrestleMania Saudi shows now. They're almost on the same wavelength, like them thinking that Ultimate Warrior and Yokozuna were still alive and everything. Vince thinking that Elias looked too much like Randy Savage and just like, oh, no, we got to get... You do know, like, he's not with us anymore, and also you could just maybe, I don't know, not run that gimmick. You don't have to run the gimmick. It's like there's always another option. Like there's a, like this. I don't remember a road to WrestleMania that felt very anticlimactic. Yeah, it, it's, it's because weird. it feels so predictable. It's weird because let's just fa- this is what happens when you focus so much time on. This is what happens when you focus so much on one main event. The, the uh, one main event that they've done was scored five oh, WrestleMania's already. Oh. <laughs> Fucking, we're gonna bring up the card for you guys because I, I'm, I'm just the Mania card, right? Yeah, I'm lost as to where we're at. So what, what is a match so far, and what is not a match? WrestleMania 2022. Because it's just like, all right, is this gonna happen? Is this not gonna happen? Are you gonna sum up at some point? Swerve us? Is the mania sign gonna catch fire this year? No, just these the are whole, all the whole building's gonna catch fire. These are all questions that we need answers. Hey, hey, Bianca Belair versus uh, Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. Rey Mysterio and Dom- Dominic Mysterio versus The Miz and Logan Paul. <laughs> Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin with Matt Cat Moss. The okay. Usos versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Okay. Charlotte Boogs. Flair versus Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And that's supposedly supposed to be the main event of night one if it's not uh, Owen's talk show with uh, Austin. Okay. No, they, they already said um, Ronda and um, Charlotte are, I think they already said they made it that night one. Oh, but I heard it kept going back and forth because at this point they're saying Austin's getting in ring shape and I may hear like he's like having the talk show on night one to maybe wrestle on night two. Mm. Because there's only like six matches on the second night. And there's only five if you don't count the Austin segment on night one. Okay. So what's on night two? What's, what's, what do they got for night two? All right. Uh, we have the women's tag team titles. Okay. Yeah. Queen Zelina and Carmella versus Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan and Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Didn't even know that the women's tag titles were still a thing. Yeah. I bet you didn't know until me saying Queen uh, Queen Zelina and Carmella were your champions before you. Yeah, I didn't were. even know who the champions were. Yeah, no. Uh, then we have Johnny Knoxville, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn in Anything Goes match, which is pretty much an DTO. Which is clear indication hey, that Johnny Knoxville is going to win. Let's just uh, let's just oh, let's just that. remind everybody, Finn Balor and Ricochet aren't on fucking Mania. Yeah, Ricochet is defending the SmackDown Tag Title in a triple threat. SmackDown on, uh, Tag Title. SmackDown Tag Title. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he is defending this uh, SmackDown's uh, Intercontinental Championship in a three-way on SmackDown against Humberto and Angel Garza, and he lost to both of them in the same night. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, he, that's it was second big baby, baby face. To give a quick rundown of what happened, they basically said, oh, it's going to be Humberto facing him in the post, like, uh, right before they went to commercial. Then when the fucking entrances happened, they said it was Garza when it was Humberto making his entrance. Then they did a fucking recap. Then they went, fucking went to commercial. And then it was Angel Garza in the ring. And then Angel beat Ricochet by roll-up. And then he pretty much called out freaking Humberto. And then Humberto beat him by count-out. And, and he, also, Finn is in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal on SmackDown. Oh, great! Finn can go fuck himself. And, and Rick- there's where the mid card titles are. And that, hey. yeah, our mid our mid card titles are in limbo. Pretty much. Yeah, Ricochet, second big baby face. Rick- yeah, Ricochet is the second biggest baby face, and he lost twice in the matter of ten minutes. And that's what adds to like this whole lack of anticipation. And now, for and, now and now here's the thing: you had the champion lose. To the two guys he's in the triple threat match in with in. What makes you think either of these good guys are gonna like waste like ten minutes with Ricochet? And even if Ricochet wins, like they it was literally like, just the beat him twice. Yeah. Both of them beat him at this pretty much almost at the same time. Anyway. The fuck. Uh, we have Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. That should be interesting. I'm not even going to lie. I can see Vince McMahon running in and saying, hey, did you forget about your other opponent? <laughs> anyway, we have RK Bro versus the Street Profits and Alpha Academy for the triple threat. Triple threat that... match for the Raw Tag Team. People are saying the Profits turned heel. I did not see that at all. Who are the, uh, the tag champs right now? RK Bro. Yeah, they won it back from Alpha Academy. Okay. Uh, Edge versus AJ Styles. Sorry. What'd you say, bro? Is that night one or night two? The, this uh, is night two, Ron. You know what's crazy? Damn. For both nights, that, that match right there, that could steal the show, honestly. The uh, Raw Tag Team uh, title match? Yeah, I, I got a strange feeling that one could steal the show. Oh, yeah, I could see that. It's possible. Also, Otis and Gable are pretty good together. Otis, like, pretty, Chad was just throwing himself all over. I remember that freaking moonsault counter into the RKO on Raw. Went for a straight moonsault. Didn't even see Orton standing there. Just hits him with an RKO. Beautiful. Uh, it, it could be. It could actually be match of the night. I think this one may be match of the night. Edge versus AJ Styles. Yeah, that's <laughs> one I've been wanting to see. Yeah, since Edge returned, that's what, the one I think all of us have wanted to see. Uh, that could possibly. I know John has show. been going crazy wanting. Oh, to John's see been going nuts for that. Match. I mean, Edge even turned heel. He's going by a different song in Alter Bridge. His entrance is completely different. It's more darker than what we've seen. Also, I like the little snippet audio he has at the beginning of it, saying, "You think you know me? You never did." Right before the song kicks in. Yeah. Oh, man, it's just a really good heel version of Edge right now. Yeah. And it came full circle with the concerto that he delivered on AJ. It was what Orton did on him to kickstart his full, like, return. So yeah. it really came full circle. And uh, inadvertently, I guess, if you want to count it, what makes it even more – yeah, it was not either. Uh, what makes it even more, like, almost crazy in a way uh, Edge, when he speared AJ in his first rumble back when he returned from injury, since he oversold the uh, spear, he actually ad- accidentally injured himself, AJ. So he was off TV for a little bit, remember? Because mm-hmm. the OC was still a thing. Yeah. And the OC was in the match after he was because he was injured had to get thrown out early, so it blew that spot. Yeah. So it almost comes full circle because it was like a 
wasn't a scripted injury, but it ended up turning into one. Yeah. So I kind of think that's very poetic in a very strange way. Oh, we'll be right back. I got breaking news. Oh, God. All right. Can't wait to see what the breaking news is. Can't wait to see what the breaking news is. You'll be back in a moment, but either way, that's not going to stop stop us from talking. Yeah, no. Uh, that's what that's what I think the feud's gonna go with. I'm very curious to see. But besides that, we got the main event. And if this isn't the best match that they've done, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna shit all over it. Well, okay. This is the match that they hyped up. I saw a fucking ad for it when I was watching WWE Evil on Peacock. So the main event, obviously, you don't know, is the title unification. Yeah. They're comparing Brock versus Roman. Like they're using the audio snippet from Gorilla Monsoon's the emo- the unstoppable force meets the immovable object, and it's like talking about Roman and Brock. And I'm like, okay, you're really starting to annoy me with how you're presenting this. If this isn't the best match they've done, what the hell are we doing? Right. Just because it's two world titles, like the universal title isn't even that old. And honestly, it kind of have. I honestly thought it was cursed the first couple times. It- I had his new champions. Yeah. But Roman versus Brock, if this isn't um, the best match out of their whole franchise saga of matches, I don't know what we're doing. This has to be. This This is what they've been building toward. Just They've been rushing towards this since they've been losing ratings, stock, all that budget guts. Mm-hmm. They've been building to this moment, and if it doesn't deliver... There is something wrong with the formula. Say hello to the birthday boy, Mr. John Butts is here. We're still oh, calling him shit. a boy, even though he can get arrested now? <laughs> he could before. Huh? He could before. Yeah, but this time it's actually as an actual adult. True. How's it going, everybody? Like, right. it, once you get, like, here's the thing. There are two different times you can get arrested. And I'm putting this out there for people. I'm dropping knowledge on you. You get arrested and your parents are responsible. But after you get old enough, you get arrested and ain't nobody fucking helping you. <laughs> it's just like, uh, like you got one phone call. Who the fuck am I calling? Who am I calling? Life lesson from Euless Harris. Indeed. But yeah, the fucking birthday dude is here. Birthday What's boy's up? in the building. Hey. We shouted you out earlier on the show. Because we that. thought you yeah. were coming. So did I, but then... Things happen, you know? Shit happens. All right. Yeah. Well, we just finished recapping uh, Mania so far. Gotcha. Yep. So that whole thing's going on with Seth. But wait, there's more for the week because then we hop over to SmackDown. To oh, where God. we see the most brutal fucking... Oh, my God. Uh, Ronda, shut up. Just just, just please don't talk ever again. Woman SmackDown champion. SmackDown woman champion. Why do we have to say woman? That's what she said. If there was ever a greatest, just I remember seeing that for the first time. It's like, oh, I heard one uh, Ronda overspoke, like, and just basically botched on the mic on SmackDown. I was like, okay, I don't think it's that bad. But I started to hear more and more people talk about. It. I was hanging out with you in the car. And I'm like, yeah, let me actually see it because I was talking about it, and then I saw it. And I was like, oh my god, that's bad. That's a- Even though they had their own little meme at the end of it, first one that came to mind was just the instant, like, dozens of people going. Just instant facepalm. Just the whole room office of like broadcasters facepalming at the same time. That's all I saw right after I heard her say that. Yep. Damn. 
I was that, just like, oh god. But there would have there would have been a way to save that. There was an easy way to save that promo. Yeah. With after she said, why do we even have to have like say women's right? Now she said it should be it. And now she came out and said it's main eventing WrestleMania. It's the World Championship. You would have saved your entire thing right there, and no one would bat a fucking eye. And also, I wouldn't did. know if I would have been like, you know what, you got a point. She also has the legitimacy and background. I mean, she's won a title in UFC and in the WWE, so it's not like anybody's going to really argue with her. And she's exactly. already a made star as is. But, so it would have actually bought credence to the title. And exactly. if they actually would have changed it off that line, because remember when they just started calling the NXT Women's Championship just the NXT, NXT Championship, Championship? Yeah. and it lasted like two weeks? And it was fucking <laughs> yeah. confusing? It really was. It's like, um, okay, I, I, I'm not saying I'm against it, but... Have it make sense. It's like, yeah. I mean, it was really out of nowhere. But that's how I kind of looked looked at uh her saying that that as just a giant monumental why did you say that it's like why did you have to open your mouth not that because ronna's promos have honestly been pretty good when she was a heel now that she's back to being a face i don't even know if she's ready to even cut face promos like uh, a lot of people have been saying that she uh, has animosity towards the fans Mm -hmm. and because like they booed her it's like you you gotta understand they're not booing you as a person they're Programmed to think that you're your character for the most part, unless it's obviously go it's away like, heat or it's something. It's like Rhonda, like learn kayfabe. Yeah, like uh, I get it. It's like real to her when it comes to the fan reaction. I don't know about everything else because I can't. Two speak di- well, yeah, two di- two different universes. Yeah, one universe they're cheering because you're actually beating someone's face in for real. Mm-hmm. The other one you're cheering because the character is either really awesome. Or you're booing them because the character really sucks. Yeah. but like, Two different worlds. Also, I thought it was a mistake to bring her back as a face anyway. Yeah. I thought she was bought back yeah. as a heel until they had her cut her first promo. It's like, okay, so we're really getting Charlotte versus Ronda one-on-one, which is what you guys originally wanted to do until Becky's face broke and she became the biggest woman star in the company. Yeah. Uh, that's what you're going to do. And then it was just like, oh, wow, so... That's what you're still going to do. You're still going to do that. Like, that was 2019 You that you wanted to run that angle. And Becky just came in and shoehorned her way in. And honestly, it was natural. It should have been one-on-one, but it wasn't. Yeah. And now we're back to this, and it's heel Charlotte, which, honestly, Charlotte can only really pass as a heel at this point. Yeah, she can't really pass as a face. Yeah. Um, and you're having a face Rhonda, which she's better as a heel anyway. And she has not been doing any of that, like that kayfabe breaking character that she like had before. Like, remember like when she first turned heel, I remember that freaking promo where she just got fed up and she's like, damn the man, screw the woo and no more Mrs. Nice Bitch, right before beating the shit out of everyone and everybody in the ring, no matter whether they had a vagina or not. She just didn't care. She's like, anyone in my ring is getting the ass beat. That's like, and also like how she was on Twitter. Like, she's like, I don't give a damn. I'm not going to sell your stupid ass armbar. I'm going to break you. There's none of that. 
It's where was that? Yeah. Where is that? <coughs> We're getting her as a face. Yeah. I don't want you as a face. That's like fucking Thanos coming back in phase six. And it's like, hey guys, I'm the new member of the Avengers. If this isn't a what if episode that ends in 10 minutes, I'm going to slap somebody. That's how I feel. Because it's like, come on, man. You bring Rhonda back, and I like Rhonda. Who the fuck does it? But why the hell are you bringing her back as a face? Yeah. Like, come on. She's better as a heel. In the UFC, she was a dick. I still remember her not shaking people's hands and shit. I remember the time she literally beat the shit out of some woman. Yeah. Good times. Very good Yeah, times. for real. And then Entertainment! Fucking, yeah, and then she met Holly and Amanda. And that didn't work out so well. <laughs> I blame her coaches for that. Oh, she's knocking out fucking boxers in the... She's a fucking, like, judo expert. You're, you're doing good. You're doing it. No, the fuck she's not! <laughs> oh, God. Hey, hey, just, just a quick quick side question, like, in regards to how, you know, when Rhonda came back, she should, she should not be a face. Like, what was what was worse? What was the worst her turn? Like, Rhonda coming back... I mean, Rhonda coming back as a face or Becky coming back as a heel? I would probably say... Rhonda, Becky was weird because she came back and it was like, oh, cool, Becky. And then she squashed Bianca and it was like, oh, no, Becky. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't even apparent that it was a heel turn until like the next night after. Yeah. And even though they said like, oh, the best way for it to be a heel turn uh, in their own words was it had to have like, it had to have been a squash. Mm -hmm. I still don't believe that. I still, they could have crafted a more psychological match where she could have, like, lost off, like, the first finisher or maybe even, like, tapped from, like, an arm bar or something like that. Like, just genuinely couldn't escape because she's more of a technical wrestler than Bianca. Yeah. You could have told that story. Yeah. No. And also her cheating on the other hand to also add to it. Yeah. And it could be, like, that one cheating moment. Like how AJ kicked the uh, Dean Ambrose in the nuts at Backlash, right, when he won the title. It was quick. It was right at the end of the match, and everybody knew it wasn't clean right when the three count happened. Yep. So you could have had that being like a story thing going in. But also, it's Becky's return, so it could have been like, oh my god, she just turned heel. Literally. Because everybody was cheering for her when she came out anyway. Exactly. And speaking of Becky, uh, I have this uh, thing that bothers me in wrestling, my pet peeve. And it's uh, when... There's wrestlers who are just dominant as faces, but when they turn heel, they're chicken shit heels. That bothers the shit out of me because it's like, what the fuck? Why can't you just be like, let's defend yourself and shit like that? Because Becky has come across as a chicken shit heel a little bit within the past like run that she's had. Yeah, besides her freaking trying to decapitate Bianca of a chair. Yeah. Well, there. Well, that, here's the thing. That's the thing with like with the heels and whatnot. There, there are the ones that are like. Now it will fight, but then again, you also got to remember, wrestling is a story. You want the crowd to get invested, and you want them to be like, you want them to beat the shit out of the heel. I understand that, but heels cheating is enough for me personally. I like, I don't know, man. Like Seth going from a face who is like fucking beast-like to a chicken shit heel. That I don't know. That just bothers me. Well, he was always a chicken shit heel. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, certain people I think could get away with like the chicken shit heel. Like for example, like like you said, Seth is a good example. Like he was a chicken shit heel when he was like running with Triple H with the world title during his arguably arguably biggest run of his career. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and his face turn was pretty fucking good for what it was when it was like going when he came back and even when he won the universal title like in twenty nineteen at Mania. But uh you have some people who when they turn heel, they just can't be like cowardy they can't like act like a coward yeah like for example like if they were to turn heel they have to be like a whole like another level of a heel well, or just be like almost like like non-discretion towards anybody mm-hmm. like for example like Mo- like moxley being a heel yeah he has to go ape shit on everyone yeah coward my ass exactly. he needs to literally like be restrained and crap in order to have like things like uh come apart not like the chicken shit heel he was in WWE at Dean Ambrose right before he left. But yeah, here, and here's the thing, like I will agree with you on that. Some yeah. people I think could pull off chicken shit heels and like the antics of like hit and run and like coward cowardice, and some characters can't. Well, yeah. te- well, te- well, right now that's what that's where they're going with the uh, reigns. Like- reigns is starting to go that way. That's why I want this match to be the best out of their whole saga. And if it's not, they're wasting my time and a lot of other people's time. And I'm very, very curious to see how the crowd reaction is going to be for this match. Yeah, and then also, they're te- they're also ruining their best fucking heel by having him act the way. Because at the start, it was all manipulation and mind games. With Roman, right? Yeah, with Roman. Like that's Roman. what I prefer. I prefer that ro- like that kind of heel over the chicken shit. Easily. And it started against his own family, and then he started to work against other title contenders, and we got some pretty solid fucking matches out of that. Yeah, bro. we did. Yeah, but now it's like now that Brock, like I get it, Brock's a legitimate beast, but like, what's the like what's the difference between Brock who can fucking to rip off cars of, off of people, or Daniel Bryan who can fucking kick your eye, who can kick your kick head, your fucking, eye. Kick, kick your fucking head in, kick your, there kick, you your go. kick your head in, and also yeah. change your eye color at the same time. Yeah, kick like your eye what's in. the like what's the difference? Rearrange your teeth too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah. yeah, Bryan's a smaller guy, but still he's dangerous he's in the him. ring. Yeah. So like, what makes him different? Why is Roman scared of Brock? Whereas like Cesaro. As well, like someone who can uppercut you from seven different directions. What what's the difference there? I see what you mean. Like he's like running from Brock, but every other person that was like a title contender, you can argue has a claim to either being as strong or as threatening as Brock on a certain yeah. level. Exactly. Yeah. Like because Danielson really changed up his style when he left, but we saw a little bit of where that style was going in his last year. At least yeah. a little bit more technical, especially when we got to the chamber that he won. Yeah. Uh, but this mania, compared to the last one that was in Dallas, has it easy going for it. Especially- because 32, even though it was the biggest one of all time, 101,000 in reality, it was like 98,000. It's still record-breaking, but not over 100,000 technically. Yeah. But everybody from going in from WrestleMania 31 to 32 was injured. You don't have that this one. This one, you just have a lack of anticipation from two Roma winners. So, like, just because, like, uh, Mania 32, everyone who was champion at the end of that Mania was injured 
at the time of uh, 32 when it happened. You mean 31? 30, uh, yeah, 31 going into 32. Yeah, you said 32, that's why. Okay, going in from 31 to 32, like, everyone who was champion at the end of 31, injured. Seth, injured. Cesaro and... Uh, Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd, injured. Nikki Bella, injured. Cena. Cena was injured, like, in the freaking November before, but yes, also injured. Daniel Bryan retired, like, the month before. Uh, I think that is... It for the time being. Yeah. So like yeah, At least this off one... the top of my head, but everyone who was holding a title that was on like the main show of Mania thirty one going into thirty two was injured. Yeah. And honestly And well, then you... you had the crappy main event on top of that. Yeah. And honestly, main event Roman versus Triple H. That was the first Mania main event I watched and I literally just thought, you know, I kind of am tempted just to turn this off and save some time of my night. Yeah. Cause I, I, it just felt so predictable. I mean, I watched it, but it just went everywhere. I thought it was going to go well, watching Stephanie get speared was fun though. So long, man. Yeah. It felt forever. The thing about that. Was it like 35 minutes? Uh, their match was like 25 minutes or something like that. Oh, I could have swore it went half an hour. Uh, well, I think with the entrances, it felt like that. Yeah. <laughs> And the long ass ramp boys. But um, as far as that match goes, uh, like when the pandemic first started and shit, they re ran it on SmackDown. And I actually, like watching it back, it was not a bad match. It was just that we knew the outcome was so predictable. Yeah. But the match actually did kick ass Loki. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. It's just that we just did it. It was not what we wanted. No. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, th- I do agree with you saying, like, this year's Mania has it easy. Because of the fact that it does, it's not crippled by anything. Yeah, it's not. It's not. T- it's not held together by glue and duct tape. Yeah, their only crippling factor here is that they fired everybody that people wanted to see it. Maybe. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. We have Logan Paul. Kiss my fucking ass. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Happy birthday and get the fuck out of this room. <laughs> anyway, only time I ever watched anything Logan Paul was so. his fight with KSI, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just because it was on YouTube for free. <laughs> so, moving on, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm pretty sure the Hall of Fame has wrapped up. Yeah, if I'm correct. I mean, that's maybe as this like uh, next week coming up, unless they announce the Steiners on Raw or something like that. I, I I've heard that. I've heard, like I heard the Steiners. I mean, I know. I think they are going in. It's uh, Rick's going in. I think it's just a question of whether or not Scott's going to show up or not. And it's looking like they're going to do the Hall of Fame right after SmackDown at the arena. Yeah, and they have like about like an hour and a half. Yeah. So a lot of times, and speeches are going to get cut. Yeah. And I guarantee, like, Taker's probably going to get the most amount of time, which he fucking deserves. Absolutely. But I really think you just should have chose a better date. Like, come on. Like, there was nothing going on this like this weekend. Honestly, I you could have argued to make the Hall of Fame this weekend. You could have done it at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. This week, this weekend. Mm-hmm. And Rampage is going to – might take a hit from me. I too. mean, also going into Mania on night one, you also have TakeOver <laughs> on the same day. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of fucking rush. Okay, no, matter of fact, no, shit. no, no. I will not disgrace its fucking name. We have Stand and Deliver. I'm not calling it a takeover anymore. It is not a takeover. Yep. The last takeover was 36. Yep. The NXT, I will acknowledge, was born in 2012 and died in 2021. Fair enough. 
but not like we got we got a pretty we got a few good we got Taker, Vader, uh Creature Mel, and the last one that just got announced, and we'll touch on that uh near the end because we're gonna go through all, all of them. Shad Gaspar getting the Warrior Award. Which is honestly well fucking deserved. It, no, it's about time. It's, it, it was deserved the year it happened. Yeah. I mean, it happened like very suddenly too. Yeah. I remember when I heard about it, it literally put It was deserved that year. It put, yeah. Because yeah. in the thing, it, like, you didn't even know. But is that later? Maybe yeah, that's later. Is that maybe they wanted to give him the moment in Texas because I believe it's from Texas, right? I think he. I is believe it is. That is his home. Yeah, look that up. Uh, his home state. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. Though when it when it unfortunately like when it did happen, like it should have he should have gone in the same year. But I could see why they, maybe they wanted to give him the moment in his hometown, his home state. It's a possibility. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, they tried to get Sting for like. Oh Atlanta no, he's from. He's actually from there. New York. Okay. From, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's a fair guess. I mean, they yeah, do that so sometimes. The, but so why the fuck did they make him wait? So, I mean, why the fuck wait so long? Then? I don't know. Well, yeah. Well, you also gotta remember, the Hall of Fame was also like put on hold from 2020. It got put on hold and didn't get put. And it got pushed back to 2021 with the 2021 class. Yeah, it was yeah. like saying that at first it was gonna happen at SummerSlam, and then it got put off for like the whole year, and we got like two halls, like. In the same year, and we didn't get an award award for either one. Yeah, it was just everyone who was in, supposed to be inducted for 2020 and freaking 2021 all at the same time. Only like a few of them who were mainly from that year getting an actual full speech. Yeah, yeah. but let's touch on uh, before we touch on Shad and talk about him for a little bit. Let's actually let's talk about like Taker, Vader, and uh, Queen Charmel. We already talked about the Steiners and any other like because they always oh, induct they always induct a tag team. I, 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 Who I'll, else would we want to see? Listen, I'll I'll admit, I think the Steiners deserve to be in, inducted, especially with all the work that they've done as a tag team. They oh, yeah, built yeah, yeah. they've built the a, a base that a lot of wrestlers you see today use. Yeah. The fact that they're now getting inducted, if it happens, if it happens, if it's if it happens, it's probably going to be only Rick accepting on uh, behalf of the group. But yeah. hopefully in good faith, Scott does show up and we get a little Steiner brother reunion real quick. Yeah, and honestly, that's uh, all I'm going to Bra- say about it. Braun Breaker fucking inducting them. Yeah, maybe Braun comes out for a quick little moment with his dad and his uncle and, you know, that fucking makes for good TV and call it a day. But uh, Queen Charmel, I think, absolutely deserves it, despite what, any, what a couple people have been saying about it. I think she deserves it, giving all her accolades. Her uh, her time in WCW as uh, Paisley, also known as one of uh, Scott Steiner's freaks at the time. Uh, she was a Nitro girl. She was a 1991 Miss Black America. And then, obviously, her time in WWE alongside her husband, Booker T. And also TNA. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that too. She was the, he, she followed are, the impact. You are absolutely correct. Yeah, and like I do agree, she does deserve it with her accolades. It just it didn't feel right with like Taker and Vader being inducted. You would think someone who also has a more well known career like Victoria or uh, 
so, or like someone else to that extent. Yeah. Is Michelle McCool in yet? No, no, but Taker actually has started to talk about how he wants her to be inducted. How about this? How about this? As the woman, let's just get China as a solo. Yeah. Yeah. We should have been had China, solo. China as a solo. Not a part of any group, in fact, to be like, hey guys, look. Uh yeah. But look, she's in the she's in the Hall of Fame. Even though she's part of the group, she she's in the Hall of Fame. Like yeah. not, enough of that, enough of dancing around that shit. Induct her as a fucking solo. Yeah. She deserves it. Period. You could argue Melina. Yeah. Melina, I, I think would be a I think Melina would be a great Hall of Fame inductee. Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly. But like, no disrespect to Creature Mouse, she does deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, if you wanted to go a tag team route, I mean, tag team women, I mean, lay cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, they both don't they, wrestle anymore. They both don't wrestle anymore. They tore it up when they were a tag team. Everyone fucking hated them or loved them. Oh, dude, they had so much heat just because they split the title between exactly. them. Yeah, exactly. And it was like cool as shit and unique at the time. It was like, yo, these two together work they were the mentor for loki from ring of honor when he showed up as cabal yeah <laughs> which was a horrible fucking name it's not like a character from mortal kombat <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, that's kinda... it I had mean... the most generic <laughs> wrestling theme ever but no like no no disrespect to her she does deserve it because she does she does have a longevity in professional wrestling she has been around a lot mm-hmm. she's done more outside the ring than in yeah and that's actually pretty cool to see like people actually outside of the ring being inducted for what they do like Lillian Garcia could be inducted into the Hall of Fame as a ring announcer hell or Tony Chimmel and hell this one yeah. could, this one could be for John. Ashley Massaro could be inducted. Absolutely. She needs to be. Yes. Like there's a lot and Queen Sarmel that's also just a good way of having someone who didn't wrestle as much in WWE. Right. And kind of forgotten about in WCW but known for her work outside yeah of the ring. That's better that's good because Ring announcers, commentators don't get the kind of recognition they deserve. Exactly. And people outside, like managers, like Vicky Guerrero, could go into the Hall of Fame. I think I think Vicky would deserve it. Honestly, I have a, I have a hot take on what Ashley Massaro being in the WWE Hall of Fame. To be honest, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have like uh, we all are going to not talk about that controversial thing that she had talked about about the trip, the tribute over the troops incident that she had overseas that but like in 2019 i don't want to discuss it but yeah You're look right. it's been there yeah you got I, I i don't like that because i think about the same reason why owen hart shouldn't be inducted you, into the we hall of fame you, you got a point because it almost seems like oh like i guess that makes up for you yeah, know yeah you got a point i get what you mean because like WWE's Hall of Fame is a joke to a certain degree because yeah. I still find it BS that it took till 2015 for Macho Man to be inducted. I'm finding it BS that it took now until Vader to get inducted. Yeah, should have It should have happened when he was still and here. And you want to know? You, and and you want to know what I'm even more pissed out, pissed off about? I have to wait, God knows how many more years for fucking Bam Bam to get inducted. Yeah, I was really thinking this was gonna be Bam Bam's year too. Yeah. 
Well, I saw Vader. I'm like, okay, so we got to be getting Bam Bam too. So, I thought we we're going to get Psycho Sid a while ago, to be honest. Yeah. That was one name that was going around. They said, oh, we might get Psycho Sid. I'm like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The dude who quit wrestling to play like like softball yeah. a couple times. <laughs> Legit. He loves baseball that much that he quit wrestling a and few they, times. And they should induct X-Pac solo. Yeah, like solo. one, two, three kid, lightning solo kid. Solo as one, two, three kid. Yeah. And also... Uh, Aldo Montoya. There's a lot, like a lot of guys can be technically can, can, can be more than like yeah. Triple H. Triple H can be inducted solo. I I really think Triple H should be saved for like next year, especially since not even uh, next Bati- year. Yeah, I, I say would... next year just because Batista didn't get inducted yet either, and he got, got announced like in 2020, and he didn't get inducted with everybody else last year. Oh, speaking of Hall of Fames, um, did you? Someone ran into Randy Orton at an airport. And said, Randy, everyone knows you're a surefire Hall of Famer. Who would you want to induct you? He's like, oh, I mean, well, you know, the list goes on. I mean, well, there's Hunter, you know, Dave. But who knows? Maybe I'll call John Cena. Maybe he's not busy enough uh, in Hollywood that day to uh, come out and do something for me. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you know what? That would be fucking cool as shit. Yeah. Randy. They both had time in uh, Ohio. Yeah. And like, and like, uh. Like we said about uh, Vader, Vader has one of the be- is one of the best fucking giants in pro wrestling. I still think uh, about everyone, him being one of the first few people to actually get physical with the Gorilla Monsoon. Every everyone in America loved them. People in Japan loved them even more than we no, did. No, that they hated match him. with Anoki. They fuck it was it. the reason why New Japan wasn't booked in that hall for like two to three years. Because, because he beat, he squashed riot. him so fast, like within a minute, he, he squashed Inoki so fast. People were so pissed off that they took the cushions of their seat, lit them on fire, and threw them in the ring, and all rioted. Yep. That, that, that's heat. Yeah. yeah, that's heat. That's real yeah. fucking heat. And that's how he got oh, Brody Lee okay. squashing uh, Cody. And then eventually, and he did it. And he didn't hook the leg in the same way to mirroring it. And then eventually, down the road, they actually took a liking to him. Yeah. To the point where, what was it? The fucking, the giant panda, Akiza the giant panda, lost to a giant... Andreza the giant panda yeah, lost to a giant, giant version of, of Vader. A giant inflatable Vader. Yeah. Honestly. And then... His My t- God. His stuff in... Now uh, they're working with AEW. Yep. And their stuff in... Uh, and his stuff in WCW, WWE, like... Oh, when he was in WCW and he came out with, like, the fucking Mastodon Oh, thing. yeah, that giant-ass headgear. Didn't you wear that when you met him? No, I didn't wear it. I don't have one of those. No, no, like his. No, he didn't have it. He had the no. standard Vader mask. Oh, okay. So I know, he, I know before he passed, he would go to conventions and he would actually Yeah, that's for conventions, it. not, he was for, at TGI not for TGI Fridays. <laughs> I would have loved to see Vader bring that to the TGI Fridays. Could you imagine? Just dude walking in there with that giant shit. But nah, fucking, I mean, yeah, Vader, it's about fucking time. Taker, we uh, Taker, could, we, we knew it was gonna happen. It was just a matter of when, and now the oh my god, take Taker needs to get into the Hall of Fame already. Things can now die out. Because it's happening. Oh, the I, dead man is getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, and if we don't have a fucking hologram or a little quick thing of Paul Bearer on stage holding that fucking urn, 
there's going to be an issue. Oh, I got one for you. That will keep the debate. That will keep it going. Uh, Brothers of Destruction. That'll happen down the... Uh, actually. That seems a bit weird to have Taker be inducted twice on the same night. Yeah, that's very weird. Well, no, no. I'm just saying in general. Like, down yeah, the I'd road, like to see that. Down the road to keep that thing like, oh, Taker should be in the Hall of Fame. Taker should be a two-time Hall of Famer. I like to see the two-man power trip be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Mm. Yeah. Two dudes with attitude. Uh, Sean and uh, Diesel. Diesel. I don't know about that one. I mean, they were an iconic duo. But I want to say they're that but iconic. But they, I wouldn't also say they're that iconic. I say the two-man I'd, power trip because they literally held all the gold I mean, at one point, I mean, And they I'd beat say, the Brothers of Destruction, too, to get it. I, I mean, I'd say two dudes with attitude was essentially... Well, no, you, I can't say that because he was known as, uh, I think, what was it, Vinny Vegas? Before? Before that. Yeah. So I will. I guess the, to, I, I guess the WWF eyes. Yeah. Diesel was his breakout character. Like he was Sean's bodyguard. Yeah. And I mean that's it. Eventually led to you know storylines that we see that nowadays, almost an AJ, uh, MJF and uh, Wardlow. Yeah. Bodyguard, you know, kind of. Figure role. Yeah, yeah. Like we had one with like Kendrick and like Ezekiel. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen but, a lot uh, of different I variations with that. But I would consider um, Jericho and Jake Hager. Yeah, you yeah, could. I definitely would count you that. Can, you could consider that. Yeah. I like. Just, uh, just, get, just get the microphone away from Jake. Don't count. You know who? <laughs> you know. You know who needs championships. I thought. Yeah. I thought. I thought. I thought of. I thought of a, thought of a, thought of a duo that needs to go into the Hall of Fame if they haven't already as a team. Ooh. Money Incorporated. <laughs> Oh, yeah. IRS and uh, Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase. Okay. That technically also means That Virgil. would be a first for IRS, too. Yeah. And that technically means Virgil would be in the Hall of Fame. Not necessarily. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> he, he could use the fucking beta. <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 But, yeah, like, there's a lot of guys that need to be inducted, and honestly, I hope next so year... So far, though, I will say, I like this class. I can't say anything bad about the class they have this year. And especially about this uh, latest news of who is getting the Warrior Award. Yep. Shad Gaspar. And I will say this now, if JTG does not fucking induct him, there is a problem. I don't think Just it's... Just getting gonna... that off my chest right Here's away. the thing. I don't think it's going to be JTG. It might be. It, it makes very much sense for it to be. Both of them grew up together they both broke into the industry together they're brothers like they're both from new york it's it would be awesome but at the same time time has passed his wife maybe his son depending i could see them accepting the award on his behalf exactly. with jtg inducting him and they're just there for it yeah. that could be yeah like yeah. Here, here's the thing like, Undertaker's speech, there's going to be emotion. But I feel like there's going to be more emotion in Shad Gaspar's speech. There'd be more yeah. emotion in it if JTG did it. Yeah. It makes more sense for him to and do it. And JT, then JTG needs to come out wearing the vest. And we get to hear, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. We need to hear it one more time. Because fucking, I, I saw the post he put up. How, um, what do you call it? It was a picture of uh, JTG holding the NW one of the one half of the NWA tag titles, mm -hmm. and it was a shadowed 
uh, like a Shad. picture of Shad holding the other one. Mm-hmm. And it said, if crime time was in the Crockett Cup this year, this would be the results. Yeah. I was like, yo, that's that hit. Like, yeah, because and hearing the stories after Shad passed away, like reg- before, like before we get into like everything, just like, like hearing the type of person that he is, he was fucking he was a good dude one of those he like we know like we all heard how people say brody would be on the mount rushmore wrestling dads he's definitely somebody else who would be he he would be up there too yeah he saved his son's life like even even prior to that just hearing how good of a great person he was like all the stuff he's done for his community all all the stuff he's done for his kids schools Yep, and any like anything like his kids needed for or anything his son needed for him from him like he was there. We're gonna talk about where games. crime time actually stopped crime and stopped the mugger at the gas station where their surveillance footage broke and yep. they tackled the shit out of him. Yup, yup, yup. Yeah, I remember that shit. It's like, wait, crime time actually stopped crime. <laughs> yeah, crime time stopped crime. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Yo, that dude definitely had the, had the hood brought to him. Like, yeah. shit. What's he gonna do? <laughs> He's gonna but, lie there, wait for the police. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, fucking, and then his last moments on Earth, fucking saving his son, choosing, knowing that there's a chance that he won't make it, as long as his son makes it, mm-hmm. that's more important than him surviving. I yeah. cried when I saw, I, like, the m- details. Yeah. Me t- yeah. Like, me, when I heard that, I'm like, oh, shit. When I heard he tossed his son up to the to the lifeguard and said, save my son. And I was like, what? The, okay. Yeah, because there are like uh, there was like tides that came yeah. in like yeah. very and they were like got really strong and they like pulled them both out. Yeah. And there was like one of those situations where like one's closer and he said to go get his son first. And mm-hmm. by that time he had already drift away. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it was actually days before we had found out. Yeah. And then when yeah. we found out, because they, you know found like his body and everything which is i will say better because they never have to wonder if or anything yeah but it it was just like (laughs) so sad because everybody like had their thoughts like of him like making a comeback and everything especially with like jtg and him like supporting him like a thousand percent by helping him launch the app and everything too that he was getting off the ground yep and everything And like, and then just to sorry. hear the details of how everyone was so supportive, and how literally thousands of people in that area were involved in the search, like afterwards too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the donate the fucking GoFundMe for the funeral, just the how amount. much it made in such a quick amount of time. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, like it was just it was very sad time, and at the same time, like he really went out like a hero and that's what everyone was like talking about him as. It was like, he went out like a hero, like, and he was celebrated as a hero. Mm -hmm. Like I remember seeing like all like the photos that some people like drew up and edited like him with like a Superman, like glowing, like emblem across his chest and everything. Yeah. And like, uh, all like these hall of fames and all that and all these cool moments and all these, things he did with other programs and outreach and everything. Mm-hmm. And it was like very cool to see. And it was like instant, like everybody has to know how great this guy was and everybody was with it. Yeah. Shad definitely deserves it. 
honestly. I would say and it, it sucks that what happened and it sucks that he didn't get to make the comeback to WWE with JTG. Yeah. Because they would have been in the Hall of Fame regardless, like, down the line. Think yeah. about it. Th- think about it. They're two guys that came from the Ruthless Aggression era that had, like, you know, the gangsta gimmick that, you know, there was. we thought they would show up, they'd fizzle out real quick, and then, like, we'd never see them again. Yeah, right? no, they lasted for no, a long time. they stayed, and even after WWE, they found ways to keep themselves on the map. Yeah, the freaking title push in 09, which everyone was behind. Yep. Even though they didn't win the tag titles. Oh, it still it endured the fans to them even more. The, they showed up on the indie scene as crime time spelled differently. Yeah. Fucking JT, and now Jay the God is doing fucking, he's, he's got the whole world in his hands, man. Yeah. He's one of those that really molded himself after leaving. Mm-hmm. JTG is a pretty good dude, too. Didn't him and Bray Wyatt, like, save someone from a burning car on a highway or some shit? I think so? I remember hearing something like that. Yeah, I think someone's car was on fire and Bray, like, wouldn't, like, refuse to leave until, like, people were out of the car and shit, so... I don't know. JTG got out and freaking went to go save him. I think maybe JTG. I don't know if Bray was there. Bray was there. I remember hearing the story, and I think it was you that told me the story. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure it was you or Joey. It may have been Joey. It was one. (laughs) We heard the story before, because I remember it. Which is weird. You don't remember a lot of things. No, there's not. But yeah. instincts like this. You didn't remember yeah. Victoria either. No, I didn't. <laughs> <sighs> but, yes, finally, Shad Gaspard takes his place in the Hall of Fame alongside the dead man, Big Van Vader, Queen Charmel. Am I missing anyone? Steiner. No. Maybe no, may, may, and maybe the Steiners. I say, I say, it, more than likely because Rick already showed up for Braun. Yeah, like yeah. they had a whole moment in the crowd, and they even posted on their YouTube. And you know, yeah. if you it's want just a matter to... of whether or not fucking Scott is going to show up. Exactly. And you know, if you want, and you know, if you want to, just to you know, if you got the extra room, just bam, bam in there, like somewhere. Please. Anymore. Thank you. But, the only yeah. reason I'll say a hold off on Bam Bam if you're doing like a mania in New York. True. Yeah, yeah. definitely. True. Or True. New Jersey. Well, say, because they're, they're never going to do one in Jersey. Because, <laughs> you know, MetLife is in New York. Yeah. 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 Yep. Suck Fucking my, ass clowns. Suck my ass. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, Sophia. <laughs> All right. With that said, we'll be back to our second half of the show. Where we dedicate the half of the show to the game, <laughs> the King of Kings. Money, money, yeah, yeah. The cerebral assassin. Uh, we'll be right back. Money, money, yeah. Play yeah. Trinity. Money, money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> back it's the second half of the show and we're talking it's about it's time to play the game <laughs>
There it is. All right. Yep. Triple H has recently announced (laughs) his retirement from in-ring competition. Shit, man. He announced this on March 25th, right? I believe so. Yeah, you know he debuted March 24th, 1992? That's crazy. Damn. That's fucking insane, man. Like, damn. 30 fucking years. 30 years and a few days. 30 years and one day. Yeah. Literally. But uh, have you guys seen his interview? Yeah. You showed me it uh, the other day. Honestly, he had me choking up when he started to choke up. Same. It's, uh, it's weird because Triple H has come across as the guy that's never to fucking like. The only time I ever emotion. saw him get emotional was when he was talking about uh, Sean. Mm-hmm. Also, Lemmy's funeral. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh too. my god, the speech he gave at Lemmy's funeral. Yeah, he gets up on stage and he's like, "Oh, you know, this was the time around the time I was feuding with uh, with this person, and I was going on a lose a bit of a losing streak." And this is back when Lemmy used to come see me all the time. I remember after, this was like my third straight loss. I get to the back, I get to the limo, and Lemmy's like, man, you suck. (laughs) Why do I keep coming to see you? (laughs) I'm like, yo, but he was like best friends with the lead singer of Motorhead. Like, Speaking of Lemmy, real quick, I just want to imagine for that part in Triple H's office where it's... Like that, I just want to imagine that. Let me put a ghost sheet over his head and just act like a ghost. You got that joke from somebody else. I really know. <laughs> I did. You definitely got that. Shout from out somebody. to Johnny. <laughs> but uh, your voice doesn't match you, Johnny. He gave he gave us some of the most like awesome yet holy shit yeah. yet I'm scared for my life right now moments yeah. ever. Triple H. Yes. Oh, I think you're going to talk about how he pissed off everybody for most of, like, the mid-2000s. And that, too. And that, too. Because, like, everybody knows the reign of terror. Mm. Yeah. Everybody knows it. I actually kind of liked it. Yeah. Yeah. But in a weird way, I'm kind of... Did you like it back then, or do you like it in retrospect now? Both. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. No, you're still a liar. I mean, I couldn't say I was like two, three, four, and five going through it. I like it. I liked it, but I do have complaints about it. For exact, for example, Goldberg should have beat him in the chamber. That's for one. Yeah. And honestly, him versus Sean, they did go at it far too many times for my liking. Like honestly, I feel that Rumble Last Man Standing should have been the last one we got for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah, we we, did. Got, we only got a fifty-minute Hell in a Cell match six months later. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I will I will say though, like the beginning was it O two, the lead up to SummerSlam, the whole story when he turns on Sean and then, you know, the next week like Sean got beat up in the back and how Triple H trying to play it off like who did it and then it gets the security cam footage. It was like digitized but, and then you see Triple H's face, you see that skirt at the end. And oh that yeah. Was cool. That was fucking cool. I was like, Oh, this this that is the evil asshole I know. Yeah. <laughs> And that, that SummerSlam match between that, that comeback match with Sean, that was fucking awesome. And that's supposed to be a one-off too. That's the crazy part. Yeah. Yeah, because um, Sean was like, he wasn't convinced at the time that he still had it. Right. But after that match, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna keep doing this. 
And he yeah. and he mainly stick with Triple H from that point as his first program. He never really touched anybody else like long term besides them. Triple yeah. Triple H and Foley had a leg- bunch of legendary feuds. That cell match that was uh, his first like retirement for yep. a bit. I remember the one segment that uh fucking when um when Foley first became Cactus Jack. And he comes out against Triple H, and Triple H starts running at him up the rampway. And just, Jack just chucks the garbage can at him. The selling he did, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Way to get the match started. Uh, involved in the Armageddon Hell in the Cell, that was fucking classic. Yeah. Fucking, tr- fucking Stone Cold grabbing the camera, fucking saying a bunch of shit into it as he drives into the Triple H's stomach. His feud with Kurt Angle over Stephanie. Yeah, that was awesome. Like uh, the triple threat they had with The Rock at freaking uh, SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Angle got concussed before the match even started. He was concussed before Rock even came out because they were beating the crap out of each other and the table broke right before he hit the pedigree. Yep. And basically, Angle went through the whole match concussed and just following directions from, like, Stephanie and shit. Yeah. The only match that I wish happened before he retired was uh, him versus Drew McIntyre now. Uh, I was leaning more towards him and Finn. Oh, yeah. And by the way, if you guys uh, notice, 10 years ago at WrestleMania, Mm. end of an era, Sean, Triple H, Taker. 10 years later, around Mania season, they're all now officially retired. Yeah. Wait, what was that thing you sent to the group chat? Oh, yeah, he's like uh, how anyone who watched like uh, Sean, Triple H, and Taker from like their whole career had to basically go out and buy white New Balances because they old now. (laughs) And the first person I said was, Nick, you got to wear it because you're the oldest out of all of us. Yeah, I'm not wearing no white New Balances. It's the law, man. You got to abide by it. Uh, That's for sure. I didn't make the rules. I just say them. (laughs) I mean, the fact of how quick he was to say that it was over, too. Yeah. Because he asked him, he's like, oh, it's done. Like, also another thing, he said there was going to be plans for him at Mania this year, but when that heart event came up, it obviously halted it completely. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that it was also a hereditary thing. The whole cardiac, like, uh, issues has been in his family for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's like, of course you think like, oh, it can never really happen to you because with the doctors that they had at WWE that focused like on like the heart and everything, they do the tests like regularly and nothing popped up. So it really came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, All that. He was talking about the stars who are like truly bigger than life. He put like Roman over. He talked about Gable Stevenson, mm-hmm. Becky, Rhonda, uh, Charlotte. Uh, but when he got started talking about, like, going into, like, the procedure and everything, and, like, saying, like, his, like, three, like, teenage daughters and everything, and how he was, like, saying, like, you don't even know if you're going to, like, wake up, because, like, they put you under. Yeah. And everything. And he's, like, saying, like, if he got, like, another, like, blood clot, because it, like, like, clotted up a cavity chamber in his heart, mm-hmm. and uh, opened up another, like, uh, flowing point there. And he's like, if there was, like, another blockage or clot that would have, like, come up before then, before the surgery, like, he would have been gone. And it would have been so instant that it wouldn't really have known what happened until afterwards when they do, like, an autopsy. Yeah. That's why they call it, like, the silent killer. Mm -hmm. And so it was nuts because he started choking up saying, like, you know, I don't even know, like, if you're going to, like, wake up from it and everything. Like, you start thinking, like, is this it? 
Yeah. Because, like, he was, like, talking about how, like, these kids, like, saw him as, like, like you know, like, big, like, because he lifts weights and all that, and, like, mm-hmm. he's a fit and, like, put-together guy, so he was, like, he really felt like in a verbal per, uh, state, and he actually straight up said, like, uh, Stephanie, like, noticed it because he started, like, coughing up blood and had to, like, wipe the blood from him off at one point. Yeah. And his doctor pretty much had called him after, like, doing, like, a test and said, pack your things, like, get over here now. Because, like, they had just, like, discovered it. And that's how, like, dire it, like, was for that moment. Yeah. But, but, like, Stephanie was, like, his rock through, like, the whole thing. And, like, he said uh, in the interview that the human, bo- like, the human heart pumps out, like, 55 to 60%. Mm-hmm. His was only pumping out 30%. And then it just kept going down and down. And then he said, like, uh, right before, like, he went in, I think, for surgery, it was, like, at around 14 or 12. Yeah. And like uh I know we talked about Regal last time. And like yeah. and like how he had that thing like around It was like a solidified like almost like a scab but like around yeah. his heart. And it was like such and he also got sepsis in his leg. Yeah. And like he just had like so much like going around but with Regal it was like almost like something that just like solidified around his heart like a scab. That was like a like pouch sort of thing like infection to a degree and they had to like peel it off underneath there was like a still beating heart but like with him it was more internal with like like the chambers of the heart and like the flow and everything and it was like so sudden because he's stayed in tremendous shape since then i mean yeah you've had like injuries stuff like that but i never like heard of anything like cardiac wise with like triple h ever being a thing I mean, the whole, like, world, like, reached out when it first happened. Everybody didn't know, like, it was that serious when it happened. Yeah. It was just like, oh, Triple H just had, like, heart surgery. It's like, what? Uh, this was, like, his first interview openly talking about it. Because that was, like, months ago that he had it. Yeah. Uh, but he straight up said it's over. Like, it's done. And he's, like, retired. And looking back on it, uh, he wanted to talk about his first, or his not his first, his last ever match was a live event yeah and i remember his uh first or it's not first i don't know why i keep saying first but last uh televised match uh what was the first live uh match again i know it was a tag team match so his last of his last non-televised event yeah or last was... ever match re- really was a tag team match where he teamed up with shinsuke nakamura to defeat Robert Roode and Samoa Joe. In Japan. In Japan. But for me, um, real That's quick, quite the location, though. That, yeah. Quite the location, and the got all three guys involved in that match were people he brought in. And all three of them were NXT champions. Exactly. Those were all Triple H's guys. And The most fitting finale, yeah. if there was one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the cool thing for me is that um, growing up and up until it's like uh, five or six, uh, my two favorites were uh, Triple H and Rey Mysterio, and then um, ended up liking Edge more. But um, the funny thing is, I was a, his biggest fan during the Reign of Terror without me knowing it because I was like three, four, and five. But um, besides besides that, uh, hey Trish, I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> yeah. So um, <coughs> for me personally. I am kind of happy in a way that I was there for his last televised match at WrestleMania 35 because I don't count Saudi Arabia against Randy Orton. 
So, uh, yeah. So I'll count it because it's a part of one of my favorite feuds when I first started to get into it, yeah. like into wrestling. When I first started to watch it on my own, it was like I'll count it. You know, oh why? nine. Why is that? It was televised. Yeah, but it was a good conclusion to their feud. Yeah. I remember you and me watched a promo on Raw, yeah. and it was just like, yo, they're having fun with this promo because Randy Orton's just like they're like acting like it's gonna be a fair, spirited contest. And like he's like, and they're like Triple H walks out of the ring. He's like, if you promise to take your balls from Stephanie's purse, and you just see them start laughing. I love how they're laughing there, but then Randy used the exact same line two years ago when Triple H is pissed. (laughs) I think he just got tired of his bullshit. He's like, yo, you won. Get the fuck over it. And it's pretty cool that his last two televised matches were um against former Evolution members, and some people say his last match was against Randy Orton on Raw in 2020. When uh, that ended, little segment, thing? yeah, apparently it was an official match, supposedly. Uh, but that's the one that ended with Triple H's sledgehammer going on fire, and then Alexa Bliss showing up and making Randy work. That's a no contest and a half, exactly. it was basically an angle, exactly. Yeah, uh, but yeah, his last match is pretty good. This first feud against Triple H was like the first feud I really zoned in on because that was back when he was like the Viper and was hunting down anyone who was associated with the McMahons. Yep. And I was into that feud, dude, like, freaking all clean, shaven and everything. Right when the Viper gimmick was just starting to peak, he just won the Rumble. He took Shane out by crippling his leg so bad we didn't see him for several fucking years. Yeah. And then the fucking match at fucking Backlash, which, honestly, that was the best pay-per-view of 09. Like, uh, it was like the three-on-three tag. Punt kick Triple H right during all the chaos at ringside. Triple H sold the shit out of that punt like a champ. Hooks his leg. Ended the feud in perfect fashion. The best sell I think I've ever seen Triple H. Yo, take. he caught air off the punt kick. Remember they played it in slow motion afterwards? Like, yeah. yo, he was off the air for like a split second. Remember the, other, the, the one that fucking... The one sell that I will never get over that Triple H did. Oh my God, I know what you're talking about. You know the exactly. Big what boot. You're yep, the, the big boot. Leading up to WrestleMania 21. That's <laughs> what that and that's and that's become something non uh synonymous synonymous yeah. with the indies. Like get, a lot of guys do that. Now. Jumps off the top, boot to the chin, off the off the middle. Triple it's H. Match, yeah. Triple H then proceeds to just stand there and look up. Sean is like leading. Starts and he's to like, blow, like starting to blow and then, over. Yeah, like moving his hand. He's like, <laughs> come on! This way! He's this like, way! He's like trying to be like, yo, come that to way. me. Come, to, come, come on, come, come on. Come to me. Come, and then Triple H gets out of it. And then he's like, oh, like I'm, good. Flop. I'm good. I'm good. Starts to walk, flop. Just <laughs> takes one step, flops over like Flair. Honestly, he's uh, Triple H won my favorite chamber match, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, the 09 one where it came down between him and Taker. That final exchange between them at the end was pretty good. Oh, with the like him reversing like a the tombstone and hitting a pedigree on the steel, mm-hmm. and then covering him to get like the first ever thirteen time title reign. Yeah, and them just shooting a glance at each other while Taker's on the rampway, almost like that little nod of respect. Okay, like you got me this time, mm-hmm. and it almost led perfectly into a come on. Triple H is the only guy to face Taker since he's going into the Hall of Fame. Triple H is the only guy to face Taker at WrestleMania three times. He is. Yeah. He is. There's been a few people who fought him like twice. That's yeah. like Michaels, Kane. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah, Triple H fought him three times. 
Yeah, yeah. 17, 27, and then at 28. Yo, it's a 10-year gap in between. Yeah. And I mean, it was a perfect conclusion for yeah. him choosing uh, Triple H to be like the program because it was like right after Michaels. Yeah. And I still remember the lead up into 28 where he refused to actually face Taker. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, wait, really? Because he's like, oh, like I promised to like create and everything and he just kept pushing him towards the edge and it led up to like mania and we saw like, those little vignettes of undertaker with like a razor we saw like clump of hair like a, like a little couple little droplets of hair like fall like in a segment and they never acknowledged it again until mania and the end of era match happened sean as the referee comes down triple h makes his entrance taker makes his entrance and then taker takes the fucking hood off all that long hair is gone. Yeah. And he looked right down at Triple H. And it went from, oh, like, he's not here to fucking redeem himself from last year. It's like, oh, no. He's here to claim your soul in a half. Yeah. And then have some fun doing it in front of your best friend. Like, he's here to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> that was truly one of the best cell matches ever, to be it honest. Was. Like, end of an era, I've never seen a match that had, like, that much stakes and that much build going into it. That was just perfect. And it couldn't have worked without Triple H and Michaels that, and Taker there. That fucking super kick into the pedigree. Uh, that, I ge- that was the only time I genuinely believe the streak was over. Sorry, go ahead, Brett. No, yeah, like, like I was just about to bring the super kick into the pedigree. I was like, oh, my God, it's fucking over. And... Whatever 2.999999 infinity, I was like, holy fucking shit. And the crowd just, like, kept that energy for, like, that was, like, the longest, like, crowd pop over a kickout that was sustained for a long period of time that I can remember. Because everybody genuinely thought it was over. Because it was clean. And oh the, man and the funny thing is i was uh with my friends watching it back in uh kentucky in those days uh 12 year old me when that happened when it kicked out i'm like i feel sick i'm gonna fucking throw up <laughs> i can't handle this too much excitement and the thing <laughs> is they, they brought up a lot of statistics with that match going in they're like oh every time Shawn michaels was the special guest referee and what a triple h's matches he, he never won. lost right and it was just like oh okay like that's kind of cool to know because after uh Taker retired Michaels. I'm like, okay, it's never going to freaking end. But when I saw that move, like the super kick into the pedigree, I was just like, oh my God, it's over. That's it. Because it was straight straight two fucking finishers back to back. And it's in a cell. And I thought about the tagline, end of an era. And I was like, holy shit, this is it. And when I saw that hand start to come down, I was like, oh my God, it's over. But then his shoulder moved. And I literally shat myself. <laughs> Not literally, but like my soul like shat itself. Because it was just like, God, I genuinely, I didn't know like how close of a kick out you could get besides that. That's literally us in 2K. Every time yeah. someone kicks out, hits no, over the fucking chamber. It. We did. Oh my God. And it did at Knicks. The ox knee into dead neck city kicks <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> Eddie's just like, bruh. <laughs> Yeah, 28, yeah. 20, yeah, 28 and 2012. 2012, a couple months later, I went bald. I think that match started my balding process. 
Damn, the match the match caused so much stress and emo and emotional damage <laughs> that he started to lose his hair. Literally, like I just I think a month later I was in the barber's chair, like my hairline was already receding, and you know when like you, you reach that point where I just told the guy like yo just it's over. Triple H, <laughs> look at how you massacred my boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I said, man, it gave you some terrifying moments in there too. There's a lot of like Undertaker is one of those guys that has a lot of like moments. Triple H is probably second. Triple H was up there with Taker and longevity for a long while. Oh yeah, because there was like a a point where Taker and Triple H were like the only guys really left from like the Attitude Era, unless you really want to include Goldust. Yeah. I mean, hey, man, he was also, at, remember, at one and point. And Chris Jericho. Yeah. At, remember, at one point, yeah. everyone, the world almost shed a brick because they thought that Triple H was really Vince McMahon's son. Remember that whole fucking storyline? Yeah. And then it was revealed Stephanie did consent to it. Then sort of did just to get back at uh, Vince for the whole crucifixion angle. Oh, yeah. For him to get back at Austin. Yep. It was a it was a whole row of Ioya ones coming back full circle. I just realized something. In kayfabe, Stephanie and Triple H are still divorced. Think about it. <laughs> yeah, they, they, got, <laughs> they got remarried behind the scenes. Well, yeah, in real life, obviously. Well, but like, no, 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 no. kayfabe. I know. No, that's what I mean. Kayfabe wise, they never mentioned it. <laughs> well, that's well, the it point. Is. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, they're together. And, uh, and then, you know, there was the iconic fucking, you know, drive through wedding ceremony thing that happened. Oh, and Stephanie injuring uh, Triple H's dog. Having Jericho injured the dog. Yeah. yeah, leading up to Mania 18. And then there's the forbidden storyline we're not going to talk about here. Um, and also, more great moments. You know, can, can I just share a perspective, like, on Triple H real quick? Like, um, Absolutely. I don't, know if, I, I don't know if you guys remember, like, you know, um, what was it, a couple weeks ago, well... In the in the chat on Instagram, we were talking about like with Razor Ramon, how I said he was like the first real like cool cool bad guy to root for. Yeah, you know when you think when you think about it, like he was even before Rock, even before Austin, he was the he was like the first like legit cool heel. Mm. You know the first cool bad guy to root for. But, and then I look at Triple H. You know, I want to hear what you guys think of this. As far as like just that shit just heals like evil, evil to the fucking core. Like I know you might think of the Undertaker when he comes to this, but I'm not talking about no magic tricks, no hocus pocus. I'm just saying like pure malicious intent. Do whatever the fuck it takes to get to the top. Like screw you. I'm gonna step over you. I'm gonna fuck you over to get where I'm going. You think Triple H? In my opinion, think about it, he might be number one in that category. As far as a heel, like, just everything. If everything he did to get where he, in the attitude era, the ruthless and aggression era, like, you know, can you maybe, where would you rank him as far as, like, just bad to the bone, most evil heels of all time? I'd put him maybe in top three, and also I loved Hocus Pocus. It was one of my favorite movies as a kid. I watched it in July because I didn't get it. <laughs> uh, but... There was a point, like, in the Attitude Era where I remember Austin had a year off and Triple H was, like, a heel. And then he got some people to get behind him as a face because I started to get to that in my rewatches. But he turned right back to being a heel. Yeah. And 
I remember watching The Rock's like interview about his documentary and how he had to feud with Triple H while Austin had that year off. And Rock said, like, here is a guy where I tried to be the top of the company and I wanted to be number one. Here's the guy where he wanted to be number one as well, but he was dedicated on being one of the biggest villains this company had ever seen. And the how like ruthless he was and how like degenerate he was, yeah. no pun intended. Um, he was in the Attitude Era to, like, do anything to win. Like, him with the McMahon, the McMahon-Helmsley regime. Like, he really did whatever it took to win. Like, the Sledgehammer is one of the most iconic weapons in wrestling now. Just because it was his go-to of, I'm going to use this to take your damn head off. I'm using this to put you to sleep. Just because referee is night-night for two seconds. Because he made a glass. You guys remember the fucking... Speaking of glass, WrestleMania 27 entrance where he just takes a sledgehammer and fucking throws it. Oh, that was 25? Yeah, that was the entrance to 25. With the whole mirror entrance. I thought that was 27 for some reason. No, 27 was like like that Viking-like entrance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With like the skull mask and everything. I was thinking Metallica. Like I, I was thinking he used a Metallica song, but I'm he thinking used Metallica a lot. I he love used that. Was a, that was a 27. He, he answered um, to whom the bell tolls. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's why I they edited it off of like their future versions. You had to see it live in order to know it was for whom the bell tolls. Yeah. 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 Well, then again, they edited off Kid Rock off the 25 yeah, that, DVD, which yeah, was I think that was, was needed. The, that was the one year that uh, fucking oddly, ironically enough. Undertaker came out to Johnny Cash. Yeah. And no and, under, and uh Triple H came out to the For Whom the Bell Tolls. Yeah. Nick Gage stole Triple H's gimmick. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Nice. But um I kind of that's a match I will have killed to see actually. <laughs> <laughs> I have um kinda of an embarrassing story to tell. You injure Triple H and freaking GM mode? Well that that that's already been done. But um so full time? <laughs> So here's the thing. When I was uh, 13, and when he cut his hair, I don't know why, I cried. What the hell? I'm like, that's not the tri- that's not Triple H anymore, man. What the fuck? And you then said- Edge cut his hair. I was having a fucking emotional breakdown, bro. You sound like emotional the just- <laughs> yes. You sound like the girls that were going crazy when Justin Bieber cut his hair. I was Holy 13, shit. right, chill. It's the same age as those girls. That actually is the perfect-ass age time to make up that fucking timeline. Like, you just dug yourself a great asshole. Like, you just said that you're a prime suspect. You fit the age range. I was watching Big Time Russian. I I was the Hannah You're not helping. You're not helping. You're just digging yourself a deeper hole. I said it was embarrassing. I'm I'm willing to admit it. That's all. Your honor, exhibit fucking D. As in dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. But uh, real quick. Um, All right. Favorite Triple H matches to close the show. Why not? Uh, WrestleMania twenty-seven. Him and Undertaker. Okay. I would agree with that. I I do agree with that because that was I've said it before. That's the first Mania I watched, and I thought Triple H was actually going to win that match. Yeah. yeah. But. Him and Michaels, the second one, I felt, I felt, was a little bit better, just because there was more story to it. Yeah. Because like career versus streak, there's higher stakes. Yeah. There's a lot, but I would have to say, prop. 
Want me to go first? Yeah, go first. Triple H uh, versus Eugene at SummerSlam 05. Why? Because <laughs> that was av- that was a better match than it should have been, but that's a sleeper pick. But my real pick has got to be... That's your even sleeper pick? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good match. Um, Triple H, I-, I would, I guess, have to say Triple H versus John Cena at uh, Mania 22. That was a good one. That was a fair match. It was. <laughs> the crowd fucking being against I, Cena yeah. for Triple H. I mean, I mean, from, it's a very overlooked match. You, you guys gave me a, a I match. Mean, I mean, from gotcha. where from where I'm from, yeah, uh, I would have to say oh. Triple H, Cactus Jack. Hell in a Cell. Hell I forgot about cell. that. Oh, I think we're talking about one at the Rumble. No. Those, that one is just as good. In that one's eyes. just as good. My the hell in the cell, there was more emotion to that match. Yeah, because it was Foley's last one. Exactly. Or so we thought. Yeah. My favorite one is his one against Seth at 33. That was a good one. That was my favorite one. It was a really good one. Because it really brought it full circle from like Seth's injury and also mm-hmm. him being the, as he said, the creator. And he's like, I wanted to create. And Seth even invaded NXT. And he's yeah. like, it's called TakeOver, right? Takeover, right? I'm taking over. That was bitch. like the first time somebody really like went from the main roster back to NXT to straight up start a feud with somebody that was like not even like a member of like the roster, but just yeah. worked behind the scenes. Yeah. It was like honestly a bit of ahead of its time, like almost like blurred the lines a little bit it's like okay we know triple h is there like he creates it but we never saw somebody that he was feuding with straight go down there yeah to say hey like the show's called take i remember we were watching it at eddie's too yeah we're just sitting around talking about the rest of the show and then like all of a sudden we see somebody run in with a black hoodie and grab a mic and we just hear a random voice start screaming we're like what the fuck is that a fan? It's like show's called Takeover, right? Yeah. And when you see Seth, it's like holy <laughs> shit, Seth just invaded NXT. Yeah. Uh, for, like for me, I forget the pay per view, but it was uh, Sean Triple H and uh, Cena Survivor Series two thousand nine. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Started off with him getting super, super kicked, kicked right yeah. out the ring. <laughs> Cena's face was priceless. Yeah, that's a gif now. <laughs> and also uh Cena versus uh Michaels uh Mania 23? Mania, but also the one wow. hour match they had. Yeah. Those in, uh, are... England. It was in Great Britain. Uh, We're talking about triple H Well no, sorry. I I don't know why I got caught up with uh Cena and Michaels for some reason. Right. Yeah, but no, that was no story. Two years right, too late. <laughs> but yeah, that's triple- my real my real number one match though. Like I know I said the WrestleMania twenty seven. I, I still gotta go back to SummerSlam two thousand two, um Triple Shawn. H Shawn Michaels like Shawn Michaels coming back. Yeah. Like, you know, just because, you know, you gotta give credit what credit is due. I mean, shit, if it wasn't for how well Triple H left Shawn Michaels in that match, like, we would have never gotten Act two of Shawn Michaels' career. Right. I'll tell you one of my favorite Triple H Royal Rumble wins. O two. O two. Yeah. O two. O two is probably O two is probably my favorite Rumble in O2. general. Yeah. Yeah. We only it had was really good. We only had two Rumble wins, so. Yeah. Oh, the one he in 2016. The whole I remember that one. The whole atmosphere changed when O2. Roman got eliminated. Oh, two. It was done perfectly. Triple H. Uh, Kurt Angle thinks he eliminates Triple H. Triple H is hanging on. Kurt Angle celebrating. Triple H gets out back in the ring, does the, and then fucking 
pedigrees, pedigrees and, throws and them right over. Up, throws them right over. I got done I got, perfectly. I got another one. That was a great rumble. You had perfect in it. Yep. You had Maven eliminating Taker and the Taker immediately murdering him afterwards. Godfather entering to his music. His music is still playing while he gets eliminated. He's like, ah, oh, whatever. Just walks back with the hose as the music's still playing. They've done that before. Like, I know. Six there, years. There, there, there's, a, there's also. Uh, uh, Dean Ambrose versus Triple H. Uh, oh, Roadblock. The one I talked about good. earlier on the that show. That was good. That near fall, though. Yeah. That near fall where he hit Dirty Deeds and everyone genuinely thought that he was going to go into Mania. But his foot was under the rope. His foot. Yeah, like they called like an out of bounds and everyone was booing yeah, the shit really out were. of it. Yeah, I was with my boy Brent. My boy Brent was fucking jumping and shit. He thought Dean won. Because he he was one of the guys who liked Roman from day one. Never stopped liking him no matter how many like people booed him. He's like, I want to see Roman versus uh, Dean Ambrose. Because I love the shield and shit like that. And then um, one, two, three, supposedly. And then he was losing his fucking shit. His feud with Daniel Bryan wouldn't have been a special oh, yeah. Triple H. Yeah. When he turned heel at SummerSlam, right when Daniel Bryan won, it was like the first time in years he had actually been a heel. Yep. And then Orton cashed in on him and literally bought back that fuck you feeling that he had from the Attitude Era as a heel. Like, screw you all. Yeah. And then said, I went with the best choice. I went with option a and then they started calling him a b plus player it was so perfectly done and yeah. honestly possibly the best modern angle that we has ever really pulled in a long while yeah, yeah and that video package too it wouldn't oh, be yeah. the same without with anybody else he also gave us one of the best wrestlemania mania openers of all time too against daniel bryan yeah the story and it was fucking good mm-hmm. like triple a People want people want to say shit, but he has a lot of sleeper hits. Yeah, yeah. he really does. The <laughs> cell match against Batista was a great one too. His last match against Batista, at Mania thirty five, was a great one. His yeah. one at twenty one was a good one. Even though Batista said that his lug the leg was like yeah. numb and he couldn't feel it for like the whole time for thirty five. No, uh, twenty one. Gotcha. Let's see him punk wear his blazer. Yeah, it went on for a while. I yeah. thought that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was still a good match for it being Batista's last match. Oh yeah. But yeah. Not, Nick, Nick just brought up something. I just remember the fucking uh, Raw where everybody walks out, and it's oh, only... and they walked out and they voted no confidence. Yeah, and it was only Punk, yeah. Cena, and uh, Sheamus. And, and he's like SmackDown Evade or something like no, that. No, it was Raw. This is 2011. No, I know, but like, and he said, was... I can no. wrestle out wrestle a broomstick, and it and would be a better match. And a two, an hour yeah. Iron Man. <laughs> He's like, I'll strip down to my tidy whiteies and get in the ring and wrestle a mop for 30 minutes. Yeah. And I was br- like, yo, okay, you got dedication, bro. And then, he, and then he let CM Punk wear his blazer. It was amazing. The Double Punk right? came to a freaking hall. It was fucking funny, though. It was just like, well, nobody else is here. Well, Shaves is here just because he wants to freaking wrestle. John's here just because it doesn't look right. CM Punk's here just because he's like, well, you know... I think everybody just walked out just because I've made it look cool. Like, now everybody wants to do it. I don't want to do it. It's like, I just came here just to kick ass. I want to be a fucking wrestler. Like, it's just like, 
I'm good at commentary. Okay, you want to do commentary? All right, I'll be referee. Double pay. We'll have yeah, double, double pay. pay. We'll, have, we'll, have, like, we'll have like Sheamus and John in the middle of the ring. You literally had like four, like the five people just running the show, and it was fucking. It was like almost on hard cam too. Like the whole match was like almost on hard cam, and it kept going until Vince came out. I'm like, it would have been fucking hilarious if they actually finished the match and then Vince came out. <laughs> or no, Triple H just started fighting CM Punk. And that's when Vince and comes the out. Whole, the whole show is just round robin between five people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, Punk, Triple H, now you go. All right, who lost? Sheamus. Okay, now you're ref. <laughs> the winner has to beat everybody consecutively. <laughs> If they don't, it restarts. <laughs> all right. All right. And then afterwards, we're all going to take a freaking 10-minute break, and we're going to do sit-down style interviews, and that's going to fill in the rest of the show, and then we're going to do a tag team TLC match to end it all. I'm tweeting, I'm tweeting this idea to Deadlock. They will do it. <laughs> this is what we got to do. Yes. <sighs> the With timeline that- if Vince never came out. <laughs> and it been like that the fu- on SmackDown. On Raw. But yo, everybody, the whole roster really showed up mad quick after Vince showed up. Like, they're all in ring gear and everything. Like, they're coming out for tag match. I'm like, the fuck? Y'all got dressed in the streets or some shit? Imagine. Because y'all showed the backstage area how there's nobody there. Not a soul. How'd y'all change? <laughs> How'd y'all change? Like, did y'all all share, like, the, the RVs? Did y'all change in the car? Did y'all change outside? Were y'all, in the arena, were y'all in the arena? Did y'all buy tickets and just change in the bathroom and were all like crowded in there and then went backstage? What was the verdict? Where the fuck were all y'all at? They were definitely hiding in the bathroom. But that was probably one of the best. Where was Mark Henry changing? Brett, I need Brett, answers. Brett, Brett, where do you think they were hiding, Brett? Oh, man. Well, it depends like what arena where they were in. Maybe they're hiding in the locker rooms or something or the, the home and away team locker room. Who knows? I just got a theory. They walked out on Triple H, right? So, long-term storytelling. I just talked about fucking the whole Daniel Bryan thing. Now, we all know that one of the biggest tag team feuds that's ever existed, and it's different because it stands out. It's different because it stands out, because it's one man versus a tag team. It's not going the way you think. Let's talk about one of the best feuds of all time, Hordswoggle versus DX. (laughs) You see... Where they all went when they walked out on Triple H, they just went to go crash at Hornswoggles. They're like, yo, fuck this, Hornswoggle. We know you got beef over the little man's court. You only teamed up a little bit, and they just cut it off. They just took your TV time away. Like, we're going to stand up for you. You mind if we all come here and just chill here? Oh, yeah, sure. They're all underneath the ring. Because notice, they came out after commercials. <laughs> they were all crashing at Hornswoggles. And with to that, get back at Triple H. And with that being said, Triple H, thank you for the years of the good, the bad, the ugly, the holy shit, the what the fuck did I just watch it. <laughs> and everything else you've done over the years, we tip our hats to you, sir. Enjoy your retirement. You very much deserve it. I want to say thank you for NXT. Oh, yeah. And thank you for NXT. Thank NXT you. was like his version of NXT. I, I just want to talk about that for a quick second. 2012 to 2021 yeah. gave me some of the best wrestling I've ever seen. It got me yeah. back into wrestling after I took a break. And you actually see, uh, if you actually go back from 2012 where they did that initial relaunch to TakeOver 30, uh, 36, 
you see a fucking gradual increase of like developmental fucking actual like third brand uh to like all right this has potential to fucking third brand yeah it literally went it literally had its own pun intended evolution yeah yeah but let's celebrate let's end this by celebrating like you know the man who was the destroyer for most of his run on the main roster when he was an active wrestler and then the creator as he said with nxt because like as much great matches he gave us as a solo or tag performer, as a part of a faction in WWE, or even if you watched his early things in WCW way early. Mm-hmm. 30 fucking years. Yeah. Um, he's given us like a lot of great shit. Terrorizing. Terrorizing. Yes. But, you know, it's all about the game. <laughs> and how you play it. It's all, it's all about, about control. control. And, and if you, you can, can take it. it. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Triple H. Thank you, Hunter. And with that being said, that wraps it up for us tonight. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll see you guys again next week. Farewell. Well, maybe. Who knows? I mean, WrestleMania is next week. I'll start your own promotion. <laughs> Later, yeah. folks. It's called Blue Blood Wrestling. Remember, always have a joint on you.